Thanks for joining us this week, and welcome to Mutuality Matters, a weekly podcast hosted by CBE International, where our mission is to promote the biblical message that God calls women and men of all cultures, races, and classes to share authority equally in service and leadership in the home, church, and work. Enjoying the podcast? Let us know. Send a recording or written testimonial to podcast at cbeinternational.org of why Mutuality Matters matters to you, and we may feature you on an upcoming episode. The opinions expressed in CBE's Mutuality Matters podcast are those of its hosts and guests and do not purport to reflect the opinions or views of CBE International or its members or chapters worldwide. The designations employed in this podcast and the presentation of content therein do not imply the expression of any opinion whatsoever on the part of CBE concerning the legal status of any country, area, or territory, or of its authorities, or concerning the delimitation of its frontiers. Let's get into this week's episode. Welcome to the Mutuality Matters podcast from Christians for Biblical Equality. Alongside my friend and ministry partner, Rob Dixon, I am Lila Van Gerpen. Can women and men work alongside one another in healthy ministry partnerships? Our answer is an emphatic, absolutely. And on this podcast, we interview practitioners exploring what flourishing mixed gender ministry partnerships look like in the field. We have Amy and Max Smith, I'm so excited you both are here, and I'm going to have you just share a little bit about what it is that you do and a little bit about your family. How about we have Amy have you go first? Thanks. Yes, I'm Amy Smith, and I work for InterVarsity Christian Fellowship. I've been on staff. This is my 25th year that I started this year, and I'm Regional Ministry Director for the Rocky Mountain Region. And my name is Mac Smith, married to Amy, and been on staff for 23 years. So I'm a little bit behind, uh, Amy, but we, uh, we love ministry. We do is in Utah. We're based in Utah, but we're, um, like Amy said, she, we look over the whole Rocky mountain region. And, uh, we have been married 25 years. It was 25 years, January 3rd. And we have two kids, two boys, um, Gabe, who is a senior in high school and Hudson, who is an eighth grader. Awesome. That is awesome. Welcome, Amy and Mac. We're so glad to have you here. Yeah, thanks for doing this. Yeah. Good to be We're here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I get to ask the icebreaker question. So this is the question we ask all of our guests just to sort of ease into the interview. So I'm curious, uh, what is a mixed gender partnership? So a woman and man working alongside one another that you appreciate from literature or pop culture or the movies maybe um, and why? Well, we're totally movie people, Mm -hmm. so we're going to key off that and uh, talk about one of my favorites is um, actually Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore in Blended. Okay. So I've always loved Adam Sandler movies, but I think 51st Date, Sandler and Barrymore and and Blended, I just love their chemistry. But uh, Blended is a story of two single parents coming together and kind of realizing that the other... Uh, has you know gifts and and they how they see the other person's kids and kind of parent them in different ways and realize that that compliment is needed mm-hmm. in their lives and so that's one of my favorite um, uh, just favorite movies but great example of kind of partnership yeah uh, between a man and put that on the view list that's good how about you yeah. Amy? and mine I also picked a movie and they aren't working together we we took it more like yeah. 
people that are in relationship together that are making life work Funny. together yeah, where it's not in traditional roles. Yep. And for me, it's Family Man. So I don't know if these are not new movies, but Family Man <laughs> is one of my favorite. Taya Leone and Nick Cage. Mm -hmm. And just how they, you can see she's, she's an attorney and he has a job and yet they share parenting fully, which is an adjustment to him if you've seen the movie before because it's not technically his life. You'll have to watch that. But um, the way they just swap every, all duties are shared. And, um, and they also just really enjoy life together and have a really good, just fun relationship and chemistry. And so um, I, we've always liked that and kind of reminded yeah. us of how we like to work together and how we like to yeah. share responsibilities. Love it. Love it. I love it. I don't think we've had either of those come up in how, people answering that question. So that's really fun. Yeah. Okay, so here we are on an egalitarian podcast. So let's have you share a little bit of your story, just coming to embrace an egalitarian reading of scriptures. Like, was this something, a conviction that you've always held? What have been some key moments for you on this journey? So we actually both, I would say, grew up in complementarian homes. And, um, and I feel like kind of my story growing up was... Um, you know, seeing my parents' marriage and the ways that um, they applied scripture in their lives, I don't think was very helpful. And, and ultimately they did get divorced a year after Amy and I got married. Um, but I remember my mom um, having a, going in to talk to the pastor about their uh, relationship and the pastor just saying, you just need to submit to your husband. Well, that wasn't really working out for my mom or really for my dad. And, and, um, you know, my dad loves God, but I think that, um, type of, you know, taking that one verse submit, mm -hmm. you know, not really taking the other part, which is love your wives as Christ loved the church. I think, um, it, it was damaging. And I, I saw that and kind of grew up, saying, I don't want to have a marriage like that. I don't want to have um, relationships like that. And I want, I want to lift up, you know, um, women around me. I started to feel, you know, just on behalf of my mom, I just sure. saw the way she had been hurt by that. So that's kind of where I started to think, oh, is there a different way mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. view relationships between men and women? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And for me, uh, my parents definitely had a more traditional um, view like my dad was a fighter pilot in the military. My mom was a stay-at-home mom, and so even though they held traditional roles, my dad had three girls, mm -hmm. and and he was a man's man, you know. So <laughs> he raised me really to think that like I could do and be anything I wanted. So he really wanted me to be a fighter pilot, you know, a female <laughs> fighter pilot. Wow. And then I also had my mom, who was a stay-at-home mom and was a great mother, like. You know, I just feel like I owe so much of who I am to her. However, she would just be honest with me and tell me, like, I want you to have something else other than just being a mom. Because mm -hmm. she said, you know, it's it's hard to feel like all I can do. Sometimes you feel like all I can do is be a mother. And then that she talked about how once we left the house, she really struggled with her identity. And so she's like, obviously, it's your life. You guys can do what you want. But I think you should always work in some way and have something that's your own. And so that you can continue to, you know, evolve in that way. So she said those kind of things to me and similarly to Max, I kind of, 
had never really thought about like what I thought in scripture, even mm-hmm. though I'd grown up in more of a traditional church. But then I got involved in InterVarsity, and I think I just saw different kinds of partnerships. So um, Larry and Nina Thiel were staff at our campus, and they they totally co-shared like job, life. And I thought that was really attractive. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just saw male and female staff working together. You know, my well, there was a female staff worker that had a huge influence on my life, just like um, the male staff workers that had. And, and so that was really powerful. And Sean was my staff worker, like the actual one that led my Bible study and stuff. And he just like discipled me and, and had a huge impact on my life, even though he was a man. So it was just, I just started kind of more noticing those things. And we also got involved, we were involved in an American Baptist church. And that's where Mac was preparing to be a youth pastor at the time. And, and so we were working in American Baptist church because I was interning in his ministry with him that he was interning in. So I could get to know that. And so we also just got more exposure. There was like a co male, female pastor at this church. And so then we started doing manuscript studies of Ephesians five. And so we just started having different views of it, but I would say it wasn't till my first staff placement um, where I really had to study it for myself um, cause I kind of knew I had these beliefs loosely and I knew a couple of scriptures, but when we got to this placement, um, the students that were there were kind of like, well, what's Amy going to do, huh. you know? Huh. Um, yeah. and they're like, well, she can't lead that Bible study without a male covering because hmm. we were in a conservative town. And I was like, what are you talking about? And it was when you boiled down what they thought I could do, it was like, they wanted me to make the copies yeah. and they wanted me to get the coffee or the drinks for the, for the meetings but they didn't really want me leading. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was just totally thrown off by that because I had just never been treated that way as a woman before. Like mm-hmm. I really had been raised to be like, you can be whatever you want, you know? So that really forced me, you know, to start, we started reading books and mm-hmm. Max started reading books. And that's where I would say um, it really went in. But Mac, you might want to say more about yeah. how that was for you yeah. when you. Yeah, I think once I got to college and I started you know, looking at women leading in different spaces and saw their giftedness. And then with the backdrop of the way, you know, I saw my mom treated her kind of like by the church, by my dad. My dad loves God, but, you know, he was just part of a culture that I think um, perpetuated some unhealthy things. And so, but when I started to see like these things that women could lead and then being married to Amy, you can't help but realize you're married to <laughs> yes. someone that's much more gifted in many ways in teaching and leading. And so I wanted to fan the flame of that. And so when I saw someone trying to squelch that, it just rose some yeah. something inside me mm-hmm. of like, no, that's mm-hmm. not the way this is going to go down. And so um thankful for Sean, too, because he definitely stood up <laughs> for Amy. And, and, uh, and so we did, we started, we read, uh, beyond sex roles, mm-hmm. Gilbert Bilzekian. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, I mean, I just, yeah, just, we started to help, um, uh, just help, help our staff and our students see that you can lead and mm-hmm. do it, do anything a man can, can do in those spaces. And so, um, I don't know. You want to 
go off that, Amy. Anything yeah, else? No, I just think that was good. It was, I mean, even still, even in the American Baptist Church, when Mac became a youth pastor, we would go to these um, like regional conferences. And even then he'd get really mad because he was the youth pastor and I'd go when they'd have these, they'd have meetings for the pastors and then they'd have pastor's wives meetings, mm. you know? And I remember, I remember we're so young married, but he'd be like, where's the, <laughs> where's the husbands of pastor's meetings, you know? And so even, even in places where it was a belief, it still wasn't practiced very sure. much. And there wasn't much space for things to look very different. And yeah. so at first, I think like with all things, when you have a passion or vision for it, you go through that anger phase. Mm. So when we were young, I think, Mac was there a lot, yeah, you know, over the years, you level out and realize that's not always super helpful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> Everybody yeah. doesn't have to think what I think yeah. or do what I do, you know, yeah. but. Well, and with the Ephesians five, I always, you know, saw the delineation, at least in our Bibles, where it starts with wives submit to your husbands. And oftentimes the verse before it yes. submit to one another out of reverence for Christ is left out. It's yeah. not connected. Mm -hmm. Well, clearly it's supposed to connect. Yeah. And this mutual um, kind of partnership in marriage and in ministry and in life. I think it's the way God intended when he created Adam and Eve in the garden and said, share this work together. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I think we started to just see it, you know, you see it in scripture, you see it lived out in real life and you go, it seems clear mm -hmm. that this is a healthy, good way to move forward. Love that. Well, thanks you two for walking us through your journey. And for the record, Amy, I know you well enough to know that you would be an exceptional fighter pilot. So just, <laughs> if that ever comes around again, maybe that's not, yeah. Um, so you've done ministry together for a long time and you've worked with a lot of students and um, you know leaders. I'm curious if you can sort of relate for us tangibly how you've seen your partnership be a blessing. If there's like a couple of like specific stories maybe that where it's been a blessing to the people you've been leading. Well, I just think in general, they've seen the flexibility of like, well, benefit of, of learning from Mac and I together, learning in our marriage, being part of our kids' lives too, because mm -hmm. we're, you know, when I was working, um, he was with the kids and vice versa. And so, and then people being invited into our, our life and seeing us share different things that maybe they haven't seen other families do has been a huge blessing. And I think in general, being a part of an organization where, there's been flexibility to figure that out mm -hmm. all these years. I have just felt so incredibly blessed with that feeling like I kind of have gotten the best of both worlds, like being able to be an active part of my kids' lives. And yet at the same time, live out my gifting, continue working and um, figure out how to balance that. Mm -hmm. And so I think even, even just in that, like for me, organizationally, it led to like when I was a part of this thing called the Women's Daniel Project, it was kind of like developing senior leaders. Glad I was part of, part of that too. She was helping lead in it. And we had to do a project and I had just started to notice like on staff that a lot of staff couples leave after they start having children. And especially after they have their second child. And typically it's the woman that goes off staff. And I had just lived an experience and seen what a benefit it was for both of us to be on staff and be able to do GPs like global programs together and be able to do all of life together. Um, and I really felt passionate about what do we do to keep more couples on for the long haul? And so like I did a project about that and kind of like did a bunch of research and studying and put some stuff together. And now it's been about seven years from now, but a lot of people are still always wanting that information yeah. or learning, learning from things that we wished we had learned earlier on mm -hmm. in the game. But there's also been, 
um, Max is going to talk a little bit about how that's led to different hiring for us. Yeah, so I think there's been staff that or students coming up that see Amy and I and see a model of, of how to do ministry together. And I think it has helped um, uh, paint a picture for people of what could be. And so one of the gals, uh, Kelly Robbins is on our staff team, her and her husband, Jason, are at the University of Utah. And, um, and she saw in her own church where she was at that there was a there was a limit to what she could do Mm. um and what she saw in our lives was that she could do you know anything that fit her giftings Mm. and so um for her she she balanced those things and made a choice to come on staff with InterVarsity because of the opportunity that they both had together to do ministry and so that's, there have been several other couples. Um, there's a couple from my home church, Bryce and Caroline Fekarada, um, who, who kind of the same thing. They both have a heart for ministry. They're both gifted. Um, but traditionally, only one of them would have the option to do much significant ministry. So, um, so that's fun to see. And um, Micah and Hannah Carr down at Arizona State University, I think all these couples have been, we've, been able to influence and see them come on staff and do ministry together and they're there's you know kind of looking at our model and and looking at our lives and we're you know we see them as great friends and partners in ministry and it's fun to to um just be a part of their journey Mm -hmm. and it's funny because there's even now student couples that are like together like they're considering coming on staff because of all the couples they see uh, <laughs> that are doing it together. So it's kind of, yeah. it's great to see That's that. Good. So great. Yep. I love that. Let's look at the other side of it. So what are, what are the struggles or the difficult things that you're coming up against? So what challenges are you having to work through in order to partner well as a married couple? So, Early on, I think it was, we were both kind of used to, we're very social, very extroverted and fun. I like to think. Yes. Um, we can affirm that. Yep. Mac is like extreme extrovert, extreme, you know, life, the party. And so I think, especially in sharing ministry, even before we had children, that was a struggle for us was kind of like, we're used to both being at the center. Sometimes the rooms that we're in and we're both leaders and have a lot of gifting and leadership. So what does that look like to mm-hmm. share that mm-hmm. and to not compete mm-hmm. against each other? And then also for you to not take on the role of good, good cop, bad cop. Cause uh-huh. at first I felt like I always have to be the bad cop because mm-hmm. you're just a little bit less care about the rules than I do a little bit, you know, more fun, you're more laid back. And so I, and, but I'm like, I'm not this person. I don't want to be just the bad guy all the time. That's not how I am. So I think, you know, the, our first few years of marriage and ministry together, that was a big rub for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think when we had kids, there were a couple different. One was like, we weren't job sharing right off the bat. I was 20 hours. He was full time. But still, when, like I said before, when I was working, he was with the kids. And so the difference of um, my expectations for like the things that I did with the kids when I was home, you know, versus the things that he would do with the kids or what would get accomplished. You know, those were things we had to work out. Like, Hey, I don't want to come home on my work day to a bomb blown off in the house, you know? So like figuring out 
first of all, accepting different pairing styles. We're going to feed the kids a little differently. Like what are, what are those things that are just okay and are just differences in either how, you know, whatever our, our parenting styles or our personalities. Mm-hmm. And then what are the things that aren't like the negotiations of like, what are the expectations we can have that these things will or won't happen on each other's watch type mm-hmm. thing. And then I also think a challenge was because we couldn't afford childcare, like when our kids were young and we, and we also didn't, I just didn't really want it. I had a stay at home mom. So that just wasn't my, you know, no judgment, but that just wasn't what I wanted. And so our plan had always been, I mean, I was, I think I might, you know, I can talk about this more later, but um, because I was working 20 and he was working 40, 60 hours between us with no childcare, it was, it was also a struggle of like, we had one day a week where one of us wasn't working and that was Saturday. And so that was kind of family day. And then we did go through a season where it just kind of felt like, here you go, here you go, here you go, here you go, you know? And um, that was challenging. Mm -hmm. I don't regret it at all. It was like a season to get, you know, to, to try and make the best of in the midst of it. But, but it was hard to do that. Um, Those are, do you have any other ones, Mac, you can think of? Yeah, I would say when we were young, um, my, my own insecurity mm. and my grasp for control or power. Um, cause Amy's always been leading in the room, every room I've been in. Um, and so for me it, at the start, I was trying to figure out who am I, mm-hmm. you know? And so, um, I think because of that, there were times where I under, I would undermine Amy's leadership and do exactly the opposite of what I wanted to do. Um, which was to fan the flame of her leadership and her giftings. Um, and so I think, you know, when you're, you know, a young leader, you can fall into some traps of like, because of your own insecurity. I see this with our staff too, you know, that, that you grasp for control and control doesn't, isn't, um, doesn't bring you the blessings that you think it will. Um, and so, Anyways, that, yeah. I think that was something early on. Yeah, so, I think too, like even if you hold a different belief, we're all still affected by the culture we were raised in, right? Mm-hmm. So I think for Max, sometimes when you would get around other men that you know don't hold the same values or thinking that you do, and they see me leading or they see, you know, then it can be like, oh, I need to. You know, you can uh, enter into that old culture and feel like, oh, I need to show them, you know, yeah. who's boss around here, or I need I'm to, strong like, <laughs> you, know, you know, show them that I'm strong too. Mm-hmm. So that brings up, I think you can slip back, you know, to, to what you're, to your family of origin or, or things like that, the yeah. way gender roles looked and stuff like that. Yeah. So we had to figure that out, especially in teams that he was on, that mm-hmm. I was leading. I feel like when I'm leading and he's not on the team, it's, it's not really an issue. It's more comes up in times when it's a team that either he used to lead or he's part of leading and I'm now leading it mm-hmm. or, or we're, we have code before. Mm-hmm. So we were co-air directors for like what, four years. And so I had been the air director before, but then we technically were sharing the job. And so sometimes when I was actually leading, it was hard for yeah. him to let me just lead in that mm-hmm. space. Yeah. Um, so we've had to navigate things mm-hmm. like that over well, time. Let me break it. Do you want to say anything more about that? Because that is a question I had for you too. Because you do, there is a, a power differential. 
Um, you know, where Amy, you're the regional ministry director, and Mac, you're are you senior area director, area ministry Your area director, director yeah. which the acronym is SAD. So <laughs> perfect, <laughs> perfect. Sorry to hear that. Uh, my condolences. My condolences. Um, I'm really happy. Right, um, but but so to be clear, Amy, you're not supervising Mac. There's company policy around that, but. But any more thoughts on navigating the the power differential as you think about working together? Yeah, I mean, I think there's always things to talk about. Mm -hmm. And I think with Mac and I were aware, we're kind of open books too. So Mm -hmm. I think, and it's honestly, it's always been that way because Mm -hmm. like I said, originally he was going to be a youth pastor. That was the track he was on. And so I had been on staff two years before we we finally convinced him to come on staff staff too. So (laughs) I've always been ahead of him. Hmm. Does that make sense? Sure. So I always got the promotions first. And so in one sense, we haven't known it any different, which Hmm. I think is helpful. But I also think our personality types, we've always just had, we have a really strong conviction of working through conflict and a really strong and keeping short accounts with each other and a really strong conviction that anything that is done in front of people should be worked out in front of people, or at least it should be followed up. And like say, hey, and we also lived in community for the first, what, I mean, like 12 years of our marriage. Mm -hmm. So that was really formative as well because Mm -hmm. we had people watching us. And so they would even say like, hey, I mean, I just think that helped our marriage. Mm -hmm. People speaking into, hey, the way you guys talk to each other made me feel uncomfortable. Or (laughs) we just didn't get into a lot of habits Mm -hmm. that couples do because we always had people watching us. Does that make sense? Or people with us. And when Amy says community, we we actually lived with, you know, our second year on staff, we couldn't afford life. And so we brought a roommate in mm-hmm. and we loved it so much that that third through 10th year or whatever, we had uh, six people living with us, oh, six wow. or seven. Yeah. So yeah. it was a, it was a Christian commune. It was, no, <laughs> it was people our staff. Literally and everywhere. Yeah, literally every, yeah. Some of our yeah. favorite people. And it was awesome. Sure. But I just think, so we have had that. So you know, it mainly, I always felt like it would come out in staff meetings where at our first campus, it was a large fellowship and I was the team leader and we had, um, you know, six staff, I think at the time. So there was like four others of the biggest and sometimes I would be leading and he would cut in or he would do, you know, things like that. And so then there'd be that awkward moment for other people there where it's like, Oh, are they going to get in a fight or, you know, <laughs> we would just kind of like address it. Mm. Yeah. In, in the time and then bring it up and they kind of, so they all would say they're thankful for that now. And they actually really grew and their relationships grew from it. But I think that's helped, but we still, I mean, I think every job change, we have to kind of readdress things and uh-huh. reassess stuff because uh-huh. it, it brings new dynamics. Yeah. So when we were co, it was one thing. Well, then now we aren't co at all. So it's really not his place at all in meetings to act any differently than anybody else in the room. And that's in ways helpful mm-hmm. sometimes, sometimes, but, but you always just have to redefine yeah. and like kind of how are we doing? What do we need to change? What negotiations do we need to make in this session? Yeah. What would you say, Matt? Yeah, I think for me, like for most guys, I think there is, uh, you're threatened by mm-hmm. a woman that's that's a good leader or, you know, or I think it brings up insecurity for some reason, you know, lots of times, most guys, but um, I feel like, um, you know, Amy said she was a couple years ahead of me on staff, but I think had we come on at the same time, Amy was the better choice <laughs> to be the team leader, to be the area director, to be the regional director. Um, at you know, and so I think it's gifting, you know, mm-hmm. and and so now I realize 
man, I can just applaud and fan that, you know, and just really, I'm excited for the ways that Amy's, um, you know, the opportunities that she's getting. I think it is when you're younger, maybe more insecure about your own leadership that you, you, you maybe struggle that power dynamic is more, uh, more real, Mm -hmm. but we are in the same room. I think I'm doing a better job in my, um, 20, third year on staff that I did my third year. So, and we just realized we both bring such different things mm-hmm. that are so valuable and necessary. And all these years we've really have just perpetuated each other's growth and perpetuated area. You know, both of us in the room is better than one for sure, yeah. you know, for everybody involved and we excel, things are accelerated because we do it together. So I just think we've realized that we've both come into knowing more, what we bring and what we don't. And therefore it's kind of like, you should do this. You should really do this part. Or if you, we can just in ways run beside each other, but stay in our own lanes too. And, um, and then just really celebrate each other rather than maybe that early on need to feel, you know, like where you're kind of competing and wanting people yeah. to see you as equals or, or even having the same value when I think we do, but we just bring different yeah. things. Yeah, it's great. I love that. You are each other's best cheerleaders. It's obvious. (laughs) CBE International presents Women in Scripture and Mission. Threatened by the growing Hebrew population in Egypt, Pharaoh ordered the midwives Shifra and Pua to kill all newborn Hebrew boys. Instead, Shifra and Pua risked their lives and disobeyed. When Pharaoh questioned them, they used Pharaoh's ethnic prejudice to blind him to their life-saving obedience. Shifra and Pua are the first documented individuals to engage in peaceful civil disobedience against unjust government edicts. Learn more at radiowomen.org. Okay, let's talk about your home, your family. So you're um, unpacking what this value looks like in the ministry context, but as you partner at home with your two boys, uh, unpack how you share the the parenting role. So how do you see this conviction live out in your family life? It's changed over time mm-hmm. because like I said, um, when I was only 20 hours and Mac was four to 40 hours, which was a lot of the time while our kids, I mean, it's been all but this year, honestly, for the past year, I obviously I'm working less. I have more time. So I'm doing more of the traditional things. Um, but still my kids, you know, two days a week, all day were with their dad. And I just think that is really, and Andy has a flexible job. So there's also, you know, he's able to go to all this stuff. Like both the parents are able to do all the things and can equally fill in. I travel a lot. He's home full time with the kids. If he's traveling, I'm full home. And just such a gift for our kids to have had both of us, you know, and our boys will say things like Hudson really um, is an athlete. He's our youngest. And so he'll just say, it's interesting to hear what gets put back mm. because he'll say things like he would like to play professional football, you know, like, like a couple other boys in the world. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and, um, and so he was like, well, I think what I'm going to do is I'll do that for a few years so I can make enough money so that I can be home with my kids too. Like they've just seen, I think the value of, of not just having one of us, but having both. And we do bring different things, you know, um, and it's a different experience you know, being home for the day with dad and being home for the day with mom. And so, um, but in this past year, my role, I mean, my hours doubled and my, and it's a very large and a role with a lot of complexity and a high learning curve. 
So he has really had, it's like we've shifted. So whereas before, you know, I would be the one that would flex Mm -hmm. because he was working part time. So it was kind of like, if we had a, if we had something come up, it was just easier for me to flex than for him. Now we're both working full time, but that's totally changed. So it's like, if someone has to flex, it's him. Mm -hmm. And someone has to figure out how Hudson's getting picked up from school or whatever it is. It's, it's him now and not me, Mm. you know? So I think, uh, and he's having, you know, he's having to do a lot more than he ever did before. And he's doing it like happily, like, cause he really wanted me to take this role. That's actually one thing I would say too, is this, um, you know, when, when we went through that crisis kind of where we realized we weren't going to share and Max, Mac was kind of like, I don't think I want to work less hours when we first had children. We went through a bit of like a crisis because that had been the plan. Mm. And um, once he worked through that and then I realized, you know, he, I was like, well, maybe I just shouldn't work. We went through a moment like that because I'm like, we can't afford childcare. This is going to make it for our lives crazy for a few years. Maybe I just shouldn't work. And he really is the one that put his foot down. Like, I think we maybe would have settled there, but he was like, I mean, I, I also remember what my mom said, but it was mainly him being like, you are so gifted. Like you have to keep using your gifts. And I'm so thankful because I really did. I was able to work part-time and then step into a role like this. Like that's just kind of crazy and would not have happened without Mac um, and him supporting me all these years, you know? So um, I'm not really sure where I was going with that, but <laughs> it's changed. Yeah. So when this opportunity came up, he's like, I'm willing to now be your person, be with the kids, do the main stuff so that you can take the lead. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's been some adjustment in figuring that out and even some loss for me in being like, oh, you know, now they're coming to you instead of yeah. going to me, you <laughs> yes, know? Yes. Um, but at the same time, like, that's really cool and that's really great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think when that time came when I, I actually wanted to work more, um, I, there's some guilt around that. Mm-hmm. I, I wish in, in ways that I wish I we could go back and do that differently. Amy doesn't feel that way, but I, I do. And I really did after about seven years of me running. Cause once we got to we to Utah, I was a team leader at Weber state and I was actually doing any, anything I could to recruit Amy back <laughs> to, so we could work together. Cause I missed, you know, I just, you know, we're good partners and you know, I've, needed that in the room. But um, I think what kind of we took a sabbatical in 2012. And it was that year that I kind of realized, man, I, I have been I've been making ministry and, and work, like the I've been putting that on the pedestal. And I need to, I need to get that balance, because it's not, you know, um, even though I had more time with the kids, it wasn't what I wanted it to look like. And so um, since that time, I, I feel like I made an active shift. And then like Amy was saying, even more, when she took on this role, um, I said, whatever I can do to, you know, support and cause her job is very big right now. So, yep. um, she's doing a great job with it. Well, thanks for the window into your experiences. I feel like you're, I mean, I can, when you talk about sort of dealing working out stuff in public in front of your team like i can see how that would be possible because here you are in this podcast you're being so open and i mean sharing your journey it's beautiful um last second to last question would be um what are your hopes and dreams for the church so if you had a magic wand 
around this topic in particular, women and men working together. What are your hopes and dreams for the Big C Church? So we go to we go to Washington Heights Church um, here in Utah, and it's the largest church in well, close to the largest. I think it is one of the larger churches in Utah. But um, they just shifted from a, I, I would say a complementarian to an egalitarian view. But that's that's big for a conservative Baptist church. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, I think, you know, my hope is that there would be, and I think there are more churches that are shifting this direction. Um, because that was in one of the places where we worked there, there was a church that really discouraged um, women leading. So we had raised up a lot of student leaders and a lot of, female leaders that were amazing, but then they ended up, um, many of them ended up going to this church and uh, stopped using their gifts um, to lead. And um, and so it, that was- Or at least only used it with women. Yeah. Yes, with women or children, which that's a whole nother thing. I'm, I, <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So um, I feel like, yeah, I wanna see men and women use their gifts in the ways God has um, created them to. And, and I guess my hope is that the church would, would open up in a way to do that in, in healthy ways. Yeah. yeah. And just not be threatened by people living out of their gifting, right. And actually um, allowing men and women to lead and even to be together. I mean, just the assumption that, you know, relationships are only like male female relationships like sexual that they're like you've got to be careful and you got to watch out for this you know never be alone or or like a married couple you know seeing another person as a threat to your relationship you know now that doesn't mean you don't you're not smart and wise about you know sharing with your spouse if you know i don't know just being honest but to not see each other as as threats but actually as partners and um you know, I don't mind serving in whatever capacity at a church, but before our church had made the switch, I was a deaconess and what that meant for the male and females were very different, mm. you know? Mm. Um, so I, I got to prepare communion. I got to do the serving. I got to do the baptisms, but I didn't get to be in the room mm. where decisions are being made and stuff like that, which was, is really a lot more my gifting. Mm-hmm. Um, but that has changed now that, now that now it's men and women in the room and it's men and wow. women doing the communion and serving the communion and and that feels um not only have i enjoyed the switch but it's also more in line with you know with what we're what we're what we're best to do and meant to do yeah that's um great to hear about your church and also great just invitation for churches in general to be thinking about um i think even just what you said like oh this suits my gifting like yeah to not be in the room because of your gender despite your gifting doesn't make sense yeah. so well and to be able to use your gifts at work but yet not in yeah. the church. <laughs> yes. yeah yeah not yeah. just work a ministry job yeah yeah yes. yes yeah totally well thank you again for this conversation thanks for unpacking your lives with us both <laughs> yes. in ministry and at home um, if folks want to c- connect with you, um, how can they connect with you? Are you on social media? Yeah. Where can they find you? We're on Venmo at Mac Utah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, that is my Instagram though, at Mac Utah. But, um, 
but email is probably easiest. Mac dot Smith. Yeah, we're both on Facebook, but we don't, we're not really on that much. So, yeah. So what'd you say, Mac email? Mac, Mac dot Smith at intervarsity.org or Amy dot Smith at intervarsity.org. So Perfect. Easy, easy. And the yeah. Venmo option, well, of course, we'll make sure yeah. that's, yeah, of course, it's in the show notes. <laughs> that's, that's, that's open all the time. <laughs> that's awesome. So good. Well, thank you day. again. Yeah. Thanks yeah, so much. Thank you too. Thank you for being with Thanks us. Thanks for having us. Your yeah, thank you guys. Wow. What a great conversation with Amy and Mac. That was wonderful. Yep. What is staying with you, Rob? Well, there's a lot to chew on there for sure. I mean, just the reality that they do conflict publicly, I think really challenges my my view yeah. of that kind of thing. It. I think it'll push listeners thinking about that. But I think the thing for me, the biggest thing lies um, the importance of models. And we've had other interviews where we've had that same sort of learning point. But for them, the importance of modeling, um, you know, this sort of equality in marriage and ministry and the ripple effect of that, right? So they choose, Mac and Amy choose to model and now they can look at all these people around them who are doing the same thing and who, who for whom that is utterly normal. And there's just some, something really powerful about that. How about for you? Yeah, I love that. Um, Mac and Amy, I know them through university. I don't know if I announced that in the beginning of the podcast, but they're some of the most um, just healthy and um, influential leaders, I think, in university. Mm -hmm. And it's really fun to hear them unpack their process and their thinking of how they hold this value in their lives and ministry. And I would just say what's staying with them, I mean, they offered a lot of really tangible tips to kind of take with you and think about your own life. But one thing that's staying with me is just the importance of emotional health, mm. the importance of mutual love and respect for each other. And I feel like that really just shined yeah. in their um, vulnerability and their sharing yeah. of their lives. Yeah, they've really done the work, right? They have, yeah. they have. Yeah. And it shows. And yeah. they're super fun. Mm -hmm. Came out. So, well, thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed this podcast, we'd love to hear from you. Follow Christians for Biblical Equality on Facebook and Twitter for an up-to-date info and content. You can leave us a rating or a review on whatever podcast platform you use. And if you love this episode, please share it with a friend. I'm Lila Van Gerben with my co-host, Rob Dixon. We'd like to thank our guests, Amy and Max Smith, alongside our talented editor, Landon Hook, as well as Christians for Biblical Equality. Be sure to listen to the other episodes with our team of co-hosts coming to your devices every week. We are the Mutuality Matters Podcast. Thank you for listening. Looking for more information about CBE and our mission for biblical equality? Then please visit cbeinternational.org for more information. And please be sure to tune in each week for new episodes here or wherever else you listen to podcasts.